Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. My name is Jay Mamie, and let me just thank you for visiting today for your hour of Thrive Time. That's right. This is going to be your hour. 60 minutes of thrive-minded content, and I hope you buckled in and ready for the ride because we've got quite a fantastic show today. All our shows are fantastic, <laughs> but I mean, today is going to be one of those programs where I'm going to pack 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag, <laughs> so I hope that you are ready for golden, rich Thrive-minded content from three different distinct individuals who are accomplishing amazing uh, uh, feats within their own right. They're impacting and affecting society in their own realm with their own gifts and talents. We're going to have a chance to hear from them today. I'll announce them in a minute. But if you're visiting the show for the very first time, I got to tell you something. I'm excited that you're with us. I'm thankful that you're with us. Uh, without new listeners and returning listeners every week, uh, we just don't have a program. And thankfully, and I'm so grateful to say that our show continues to broaden its reach because we are picking up brand new listeners week to week. And we do have a growing number of listeners that continue to return back for the airing of the shows on Sundays. But then also catching the episodes as archives at our archive section at the thejmamietalkshow.com. And I'm going to chat a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But without any delay, I want to introduce who the speakers will be today. We're going to hear from them shortly, but I'm excited to have you here from the three individuals that are going to be a part of this program today, because I think as you understand who they are, you're going to hang in there for the long haul of today's Thrive-Minded Hour that will uh, deliver for you the promises of inspiration, education, motivation in a way that will help you get to the next level. One of our early speakers in the show is the, the individual that has been known globally now as the, the, the speaker that has gone from prison to professor. He's got an amazing story. He is sharing his story around the world, not only with the youth, but also with those that are incarcerated. What a fantastic story. He's the founder of Unlock Your Life program. Andre Norman is in the house today. And we're excited to hear him and his wisdom and what he's been able to do in terms of life change and the impact he's having on others. But we're also going to hear from what I believe is one of the strongest women right now that is spearheading the movement of not only other uh, individuals and their progression towards success, but companies and corporations and sales teams as, as well. You know, you and I have heard that behind every strong man, there's a strong woman. Well, I tell you what, behind every strong woman is a strong woman. Behind every strong company, there's a strong woman. Behind every strong man is a strong woman. I mean, there's a strong woman everywhere. <laughs> They're behind everything. <laughs> well, Tiffany Peterson is going to be with us today, and, and she's known as that individual that is the catalyst behind the successes of so many people around the country, so many companies around the country. She's the founder of Lighthouse Principles. She's a business and, and life coach. She's a keynote speaker. She's got her own TV program. She's often on many of other TV programs. She's going to be with us today to talk about what she's got going on and, and pick her brain on a few select. Uh, issues that I think will help the listeners thrive. 
And then towards the end of the show, we're going to hear from someone that is just doing fantastic things, serving the business and sales managers and sales management community and sales professionals community. And how could you not have a guy who has a company called Victory Selling on the show? I mean, come on. Steve Hero is going to be on the show. He's a speaker, he's an author, and he's a CEO of Victory Selling. I mean, you cannot not have a guy like that on the show. So we're jam-packed. I said 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag. That's what we've got for you today. But if you've not had a chance to listen to our prior episodes, let me encourage you to, to go on over to our site, thejmamietalkshow.com. You're going to find there our episodes in uh, archived uh, episodes that will give you the chance to be inspired by not only the speakers that we've had on the show, but some of the businesses that we've had on the show, some of the authors that we've had on the show, and of course, the Thrive Talk that has become very popular among many of our listeners as I share my own personal thoughts in a number of those episodes. So make sure that you hop on over there. And while you're there, take a little internet stroll over to my personal site, thejmamie.com thejmamie.com. There you're going to find the rest of my content, my books, my blogs, my videos, all the goodies that I've got to offer, tremendous content. You'll find out where I've been and where I'm heading and so on and so forth. You could follow me on all of my social media platforms there. But what you're going to find as soon as you hit the landing page is what I'm very excited about. Uh, because the, the early reviews are now in, and everyone is calling my latest book, Thrivology, a hit. In fact, I had one guy reach out to me and write a review that he said, Jay, you're the 21st century stoic. I love that. The, I mean, the 21st century stoic. I like that. I think you'll find the same sentiments as you find the book at my site, thejmamie.com. Order a copy, Thrivology. It's unlike anything you've ever read before. The beautiful graphics that accompany the elaborations of the of the phrases that I've created, and thoughts behind those phrases, I don't think you found you will find a, a work quite like what I've put out there. So I'm excited to have that book there available for you, and I appreciate so many of you reaching out to me. In fact, I want to share with you. I had a recent conversation with someone that reached out to me from LinkedIn because they did visit my radio uh, show and had a chance to uh, continue to listen to the archives and one of the things that he said to me which caught my attention i didn't even know the guy he sends me a linkedin message and he says jay you don't know me but i'm really angry at you i'm i'm, I'm upset with you now of course if you get an email like that you've got to address it and uh, he seemed like a pretty seen, uh, sane guy from his picture but uh, i said to him i replied i said listen brother i don't know what i've done man but whatever it is brother i apologize i did not mean to create to cause you any any uh concern or harm what did i do he says, I am binging on your episodes from your radio show. I can't get anything done. <laughs> he says, so I got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> now, that's a good bone to pick if you are having a difficult time because you can't, you can't get away from the archived episodes and you're, you're addicted to the Jay Mamie talk show. That's a good addiction. That's a good one. I actually had somebody else reach out to me from a university in Europe who said to me, and I think you'll appreciate this one, guys. They said, hey, one of our students... Uh, heard your show over here in Europe and they shared it with a few of the other students uh, at this particular university and we're thinking about launching a podcast and we'd love to have you as the host and I thought to myself hey that's pretty cool I said but let me ask you something uh, have you heard the show and they said yeah this is so what exactly is it that you like about this show that is creating an interest in having you 
reach out to me so I can host one of your podcasts that the university is going to sponsor. They said, well, I'll be honest with you. You got great content and we love your energy. We love the way you interview people. But above all things, we, we just we just love your accent. You crack us up. <laughs> your accent is cracking us up out here. So I said, well, whatever it takes for me to be noticed, I'm in. So keep on listening to the shows. Keep on sharing the episodes with whoever and whenever, because at some point they're impacting people more than you can imagine. So I thank you for that. Now, in a few weeks, uh, so many people are going to be enjoying the summertime. And I, I got to tell you something, guys, as a father of three, I know very well the hazards of too much exposure uh, to a summer sun. And these hazy and hot days can be brutal on your skin if you just send, spend a few hours in the sun without any sunscreen. So being aware that the harmful effects from constant sun exposure on unprotected skin goes further than just sunburn. I take a very generous approach to applying sunscreen. And I think that coming up, as uh, many of you will be now uh, after a year of not having a chance to get out, I mean, I know the beach is going to be packed, and, and that's a good thing. But it's proven that applying sunscreen helps reduce not only immediate risk, but the long-term risk of potential skin cancer. Facial brown spots, uh, skin discoloration, wrinkled and premature aging, facial red veins, and skin blotchiness. You know what I'm talking about. So clearly, without any sort of sunscreen applied to your skin, you can create an unwanted and harmful situation now and years to come. So you might say, Jay, why are you talking about sunscreen? Well, here's why I'm talking about sunscreen, because similarly, not protecting your brain (laughs) from the constant exposure to the harmful effects of a negative environment, empty conversations, doom and gloom news reports, less and supportive and encouraging friends and family, cynical business or work colleagues, counterproductive music, and valueless entertainment. It can cause not only immediate brain harm, but long-term detrimental effects as well. <laughs> so the urgency to apply brain screen now more than ever, it cannot be understated. You have to apply brain screen. In fact, the higher the BPF, the brain protection factor, the better because you can't afford for your brain to be exposed to these harmful elements for too long. Sadly, even a little exposure can begin to create damage in a form of moodiness, sadness, tiredness, bad breath, poor hygiene, poor posture, and bad attitude. The long-term effects, the long-term effects can be hopelessness, depression. On a serious note, physical ailments, friendship alienation, and being broke. Those are the long-term effects of not having brain screen. That's right. You'll be hopeless, depressed. Your body will be all messed up. You'll have no friends, and you'll be broke. Now, unlike sunscreen, brain screen, that sucker's got to be applied every minute from the minute that you wake up. You've got to carry an ample supply on your person all day. Whether you're outdoors, indoors, in the bathing suit, fully clothed, because those harmful energies can invade your brain space at any unsuspecting moment. If your goal is living a long, emotionally healthy, vibrant, positive, and successful life, then you might as well put in your lifetime supply now for brain screen. And make brain screen, applying brain screen, a daily habit. Because your brain life 
will depend on it. Guys, I'm excited about this show. 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag. We're going to be right back with Andre Norman after the break. Hey everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available. Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases, is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at the Jay jmaney.com my recent guest bobby bryant ceo and co-founder of das has radically changed the way real estate is done das is a digital real estate marketplace that's radically evolving the way people search and transact homes now you no longer have to search three to five different websites to get information on any given property you can simply text type and ask any question to get accurate information 24 7 a day Track them down, 877-770-3677 or at askdos.com. While many North Texans have received one or both their COVID-19 vaccinations, healthcare officials want you to know there's still enough vaccine to go around. Because of changes in federal guidelines, more people are eligible to receive the shot. Check with your healthcare provider to see if you or your children qualify. Vaccinations are available at doctor's offices, pharmacies, and vaccination sites in Dallas, Tarrant, and Collin counties, sometimes without an appointment. Sign up for your vaccination at KLIF.com. News and information. KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now is my first guest, and I made mention of him earlier. Andre Norman not only has been able to excel above his circumstances, but now he's teaching and he's preaching and he's talking a message of positivity to the world. And as a result of that, the man is more popular than ever. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's the uh, he's actually the purveyor uh, of a fantastic uh, self-development program. We spoke about that earlier in the show. But we've got Andre on the line right now to share with us some great wisdom. Andre, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Brother Jay? It's always good to be with you. Thank you, my man. So, uh, uh, Andre, we've got a lot to unwrap here, and I want to dig right into it. I, I want to know if you can share with our listeners just a little bit about your story. Uh, my story is like a lot of other kids that grew up in the city, challenging parenting, challenging school system, um, not really good student. I was poor, drifted. I had the option of um, doing bad things to support the things that I wanted to do. I made the bad choice of selling weed in the sixth grade, which put me on a path. And through middle school, I was a trumpet player. In high school, I went to a magnet school to play music and to be in the band. Then my cool friends convinced me to play the trumpet was stupid. Mm. So I gave up my trumpet. And once I gave my trumpet up, I gave up my dream for life. I just drifted and drifted and got in trouble. And I ended up in court one day and the judge decided reading all sentences. It came to about 95 years. He just gave them all to me. At 18, he put me in a van told me to pay attention, they dropped me off. When I got there, it was a reunion of all my friends from special needs classes, from the principal's office, from juvie. Everybody was there. And they said, Dre, what took you so long? We knew you was coming. Mm. And I was like, wow. And I, I, I felt right at home day one. Then I got into the prison culture, and for six years, I participated in prison culture, gang activity, riots, stabbings, everything. And finally, I woke up and realized I had become the king of nowhere. Mm. I put all my energy and effort into being the king, and I became that, and I realized what was my kingdom, a 
penitentiary that I didn't know. So I made a decision. I wanted to do something different. And being a quitter slash loser wasn't it. So I said, I want to be successful. So I said, I'm going to go home, go to college and be successful. And I picked a school called Harvard University. Everybody thought I was crazy. Everybody said it was impossible. And he said, just like my friends from the ninth grade, he told me I shouldn't play trumpet. So I didn't listen to him. And I just put my head down and I went forward. And right now I can tell you it took me eight years of studying and working to get out of prison. And I've been out of prison for 21 years. And in 21 years, um, I got a fellowship at Harvard. I've worked at the White House. I've worked with um, the Attorney General. I've worked in 30 different countries. Highest rated speaker in YPO history, EO member. Uh, I'm a member and teacher at Genius Network. No one masks my group in the world. I train and facilitate around the planet. I run a prison myself as a formerly incarcerated. They give me the opportunity to run a prison. And just last week, I struck a deal with the prison system that used to house me is now hiring me to come in and help fix it. Hmm. That's an amazing story, man. And that's that's exactly why you're on the show, because you've got the chops to talk about life change. So one of the questions I want to ask you, because I, 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 at one point I was uh, a prison ministry director uh, in New York, and I, I know, brother, what, what it's like to be on the inside. And so, so I know how a lot of these brothers think in there. But what was your thought process as you were serving time, when you ran into your friends there and you realized, oh, okay, let me settle in because this may be the long haul. Something happened in your thought process. What was that? Well, when I first got there, my thought was survival and being safe. Mm-hmm. So to be to survive and be safe, I need to be part of an organization, as you could call it, of people who could help keep me safe. And that wasn't the guards. So I joined an organization of guys from my neighborhood, and that kept me safe. Because there are people who are running around looking to prey on people. You're 18. You don't know anything. You ain't. You don't. Not that savvy. And you're you're fair game for everybody. So by joining an organization or gang, it gives you protection against what you don't know. And people are looking to get people who don't know. And I did that for six years. Then when I finally had my moment and I came to my epiphany, I realized that um, I'd given my whole life to this thing, and it wasn't worth it. Now I, that I could do and be better. Mm. So what was the determining factor then that led you to chart a brand new way of thinking? Because everybody has that that pivotal moment where they can stay where they're at or they can decide, you know what, that's ain't for me. And you have to have the courage to say, okay, let me not go the way that I'm going because it's leading me nowhere. But there are a lot of people who don't have that, that moment of, of, of courageousness. What was that determining factor for you that led you to chart a new way of thinking? For me... I actually made it to the goal that I set for myself to be the king of the prison. Most people never get to the goal or the dream that they set for themselves. So they stay in flux. And since you never reach it, you don't realize that it's BS. So I actually got a chance to reach it. And when I got there, it was like a Wizard of Oz moment. You pull the curtain back and there's a little guy flipping levers and hitting switches. You're like, this is it. A Dorothy looked at the wizard and said, this is it. And he's like, hey, yeah, this is it. And everybody in Oz didn't care that the wizard was fake. Mm. And I lived in a world where nobody cared that the wizard was fake. When I pulled the curtain back, like Dorothy, I said, this is BS. This this isn't what I want. And she said, and I said the same thing. It's always been inside of me. I've been looking for the wizard when the truth is I am the wizard. Mm. That's a powerful story, brother. 
That's a powerful story. So you said you became the king of the prison. So in other words, you sort of, in the inside, you rose to the ranks of what you thought was prominence. Is that right? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. So what did you realize needed to change in you? Sometimes people, they don't even, they aren't even aware of what needs to change. That's why they stay stuck. What did you realize that you needed to change in you? First thing I did was I sat down and I made a list of who is Andre. I'm black. I'm a criminal. I'm a gang member. I'm in prison. I'm violent. I'm impatient. I made a list of all of who I was. Mm. Then I said, what do I need to fix on that list? What is on that list that is stopping me from being successful? And I had a list of I'm articulate. I'm funny. Um, I think, well, I mean, I wrote all my stuff down, good, bad, and indifferent. And I said, what on that list is stopping me from being successful? And then I said, okay, I started working on the list. I am no longer impatient. I am no longer I'm prone to fits of anger. I am no longer, you're saying, hostile. I'm no longer frustrated. I'm no longer damaged. I'm no longer broken. I'm no longer illiterate. I'm no longer, you're saying, I'm there. I'm no longer a criminal. I worked on that list one thing at a time. You know, I think what you just said there could be a mic drop because most people don't ever take the time to write that list, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, just like you said, because they don't, they don't know that they're going to like what they see after it's all written on piece, on that piece of paper. And, I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. But here's the difference. You did something about it. You did something about it. You didn't like it. You did something about it. I think that's where people fall short. They're, they're either not going to like it, but they won't have the drive to change it, or they'll be oblivious and continue to operate under this, this uh, umbrella of delusion, thinking that they're okay when they really see on paper that they're not. So kudos to you for doing both of those lists and then gravitating to the ones that are going to make you better. But what struggles did you encounter when you got out in terms of getting the right opportunities, getting the right people to believe in you? You know, like you said, you were black criminal. I mean, a whole, you had all these things working against you. What were those struggles like when you got out and how did you overcome? The biggest struggle for me, because there's a lot of black people in the world. There's a lot of former felons in the world. I believe Jesus went to jail once or twice. So I'm in good company in my background and my history. Mm-hmm. My biggest challenge was dealing with my family. My brothers and sisters, my mom and dad, my cousins, all know me to be a certain person. And they tried to hold me in that person. Mm. And they tried to confound me with their issues. If I meet a stranger on the street and he has a crack problem, it's not, I don't care, I can keep walking. If it's my sister or brother, I have to stop. If somebody in my house is having a nervous meltdown and a, and, and a seismic break, I gotta deal with it. If there's somebody on the bus, I just get off. So my family, I can't change, but I had to learn to distance myself from their struggles and their trauma and not let it affect me. That's my biggest challenge, not just in my first six months, in my whole 21 years home, mm-hmm. having to deal with them. You know, sometimes that perception that people have because it's so deep rooted, that perception they have of you because it's so deep rooted, they knew you before that they can't accept that there's a new version of you that does exist. They're stuck on that past version of you from when they knew you in the in, uh, in, in prior times. That's the challenge for a lot of people, brother, whether they are incarcerated coming out again uh, or they're uh, changing jobs, changing careers, changing marriages, whatever it might be. The perception that their friends have of them is something from the past and not ready. they're not ready to accept the brand new version of you, and that is 
a struggle. But you're right. You got to get away from that. You got to get far away from those individuals and, and just build new relationships for people that can see you in the new way. Uh, right. I can't get a new mom, but I, I don't have to talk to her every single day about every single issue I'm going through. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And you got to know when to tear away. You got to know when to uh, create that distance. Uh, but what's your predominant message? You, you speak now to folks all over the world. But what is your predominant My, message uh, that you give to these folks who are intent on thriving? Most people want to know, how did I go from maximum security prison to the White House, to Harvard Law School, to London Business School, to Genius Network? How dare I come up with such a dream at such a place where I had no business? And I tell people, the goal is simple. You have to live your life with intention. Once you decide your intent for life, you're, you have a, you have a, you're grounded. Then your objectives have to be clear. I want to do X. I have to do Y. I have to do Z. You have your objectives. Then your motions and your movements should line up with your objectives and your intentions. That's all I did. My intentions influenced my objectives. My objectives influenced my movements. And that's it. And that allows me to walk away from people or embrace people. Because now I judge you or gauge you based on where do you fit in to my intentions and objectives. Because if you don't fit in and you're a nice person, this is a bad fit. Let me go out there. Let me go another way. So I tell people, get clear on your intentions. Brother, that is powerful. Mm-hmm. And then let that guide your movements. <laughs> In our last two minutes here, what would you, what would be the three main takeaways that you, uh, that you want people to remember you uh, from being on the show? You three takeaways that the listeners can say, man, I remember Andre said these three things. What would they be in our last couple of minutes? Andre said, I went from the basement of a prison as nobody with nothing to the White House and Harvard. Mm. If I can do that, what can you do? Andre said, live my life with intention and objectives and let that guide my movements. What am I living for? What are my intentions for living? What is my purpose? And Andre said, we're all the same. We're all created equal. We're given opportunities. We have different gifts. We have different seasons we operate in. Why not? Why not be better? We were born to help people. We were purpose to help people. Why not get back to what we were originally created to do? Three solid takeaways that are actionable, executable, and impacting immediately. Uh, Andre, man, you're a busy guy. I know you've got a lot going on. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. You know, sometimes it's not the length of time, but the quality of time that a person has on the on our show, and you've given us lots of quality. Uh, where can people find you to learn more about you as we close out the segment. If, a, I work at the, I'm at the prison almost every day, so you want to swing by a prison, I'm probably inside. But I literally just came out to prison. I'm on the way back. Um, AndreNorman.com is my website. And at AndreNorman is my Instagram. All my social media stuff is AndreNorman, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Um, Facebook, YouTube, all of this. Send me a message from the website or just read up, go to Google and put my name, Andre Norman. My life will pop up. Same thing on YouTube. So if you want to find me, I'm not hard to find. And I got a policy. If you call me, I call back. I love it. And I did, and you did too. So I appreciate you, brother. Listen, man, enjoy the rest of the day. Give those brothers a hug for me in there. Tell them there's much love out here for them. And uh, we'll be chatting with you very, very soon. Thanks for being on the show. 
I appreciate you. God bless everybody. All right, brother. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. My recent guest, Matthew Morales, author of the book, Never Be Poor Again, A Guide to Money as a Spiritual Practice, has written a book, not your typical self-help book, but yet a humble guide to wealth, where he reveals the secrets on how to become wealthy through a process of enlightenment. Discover the path towards wealth and pre-order now at Amazon and moneymystic.co. Your journey to financial freedom starts here. Why are so many of our young people lost and not living up to their full potential? As parents, it's difficult for us to watch our children this way, unsure of their future. Opportunities exist for those who prepare to recognize and take advantage of them. Our recent guest, Dr. Alfred Titus, the author of the book, Forward Motion, has empowered people to understand that if you open your eyes and change the mindset of young people and allow them to recognize and take advantage of their full potential, things can change. Please pick up a copy of his book, Forward Motion, The Keys to Progress and Success, available at Amazon.com. The tragic shooting on May 9th was the 191st shooting in America in just 129 days, according to ABC News, where at least four people were killed or injured. Some people say the answer is to gather up all the guns so private citizens can't own them. But Russia has clearly proven that when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Safe, sane, clear-thinking Americans carrying concealed weapons help keep the rest of us safe. I'm Tim Schmidt of the United States Concealed Carry Association. USCCA.com. You know, May is a golf month in DFW with all the tournaments going on and guys just playing. Here's a question. What if you were 30, 50, even 80 pounds lighter when you played your next round? Think about how much easier it would be to not drag all that weight around you as you're walking the course. How much better you'd feel and probably how much more you could play since you'd have so much more energy. For me, when I play golf now, it's so much easier now that I'm 80 pounds lighter than I used to be. And it's all credit to Soto Weight Loss. Now when I play around, I walk it. Three years ago, I would have laughed that idea off. But now I walk 18 holes and I feel great. Not to mention my swing improvement. I've still got some issues, but they're not due to a tire around my midsection. They're just my own golf issues. Now, take some time and read the over 4,500 client Google reviews up on SotoWeightLoss.com and you'll see why the Cowboys made Soda their chosen weight loss program. So slim down with Soda Weight Loss for you and your golf game by going to SotoWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A, WeightLoss.com. Seven DFW locations or 100% over the phone. Soda the Cowboys are. Say it with me now. State of the art. KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now is my next guest. And I said earlier, guys, we're packing 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag. And we've heard from Andre Norman, but now we're going to ratchet it up one more. I mentioned that behind every that you hear the message. The montage, right, that behind every strong man is a strong woman. But I said earlier, behind every strong woman is a strong woman. Behind every strong company, there's a strong woman. Behind every strong anything, there's a strong woman. And that's why Tiffany Peterson is on the show today, because she has done amazing work to strengthen not only others, but companies and sales forces. And she's recognized as one of the top leaders and top speakers and top coaches in doing that. So we're excited to have Tiffany Peterson on the show. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. I know you run a very busy schedule, and you and I met through Amberly Lago, who was one of our prior guests, and she spoke so highly of you that I said, we need to have Tiffany on the show, and then I had a chance Mm -hmm. to look you up, and I saw the wonderful things that you're doing. So this show is all about thriving, and you certainly are bringing that value to the world. So it's my honor to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a love and great women, as you said, and great men are connected to other great humans, right? If you just collect. I love great humans and she's one of them. 
Well, I want to know if you could share a little bit about your story with our audience. Yeah, so the longer story short, real short, is I grew up here in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I'm based. And I originally, Jay, thought I was going to be a special needs education teacher. And I always had a soft spot for kiddos with their challenges and wanting them to work through them. And I worked in a few classrooms as an aide while I was going to school. And by happenstance, went on a double date in college where I met a woman whose dad owned a training development company and went to work for them. And from there, I went to work for Franklin Covey and then Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Jack Canfield, some really incredible humans in the personal and professional growth space and helped them make millions and millions of dollars selling personal coaching. Now, this is well before coaching was a big buzzword, my friend. We were still explaining back in the day like to people what the concept of a coach was. And I just, I never thought I'd be in sales. I was going to be a traditional classroom-based teacher. And, and I always, though, again, I'm still a teacher. It's just taken on a different platform. And I still, sometimes people, when I share that story, they say, well, you're still a special needs teacher in some ways. Because every human I ever work with, right, we all have fears. We have doubts. We have insecurities. We have challenges of some kind that can show up for us and how we work through those things to then, you know, expand into our growth, into our goals and positive habits. I'm still in the same heartbeat. It's just taken on a different form. Awesome. Let me ask you this. So someone that has done the kind of work that you've done, how can someone create a life that works in their favor and not against them? Mm -hmm. Well, success leads clues, as Tony Robbins says, and I I like to think of it as there's like a recipe. So I'm going to just share one or two key things, but of course it's not an all-inclusive list, but Mm -hmm. I think intention is one of the most powerful things is asking ourselves the question, like when you get in the car today or go to the airport, it's like, where are you going? And it's been a minute for many of us to answer that question. Where am I going? And the power of clear intention and vision and purpose and, and regularly reviewing that is like, where am I going personally in my marriage or my parenting in my business? in my health habits, like regularly checking in, but having clear vision, of course, right, and clear intention, because we live in a world that's constantly barraging us with distraction, constant. I mean, it's just always, I mean, you know, I know everyone listening, you know that this is one of the things we're all up against. And so regularly visiting the vision, as I like to say, visit the vision, is checking into that. It's like, where are you going? What do you want? And what are you creating? And being an intentional creator mm-hmm. of your life, your time, your body, your relationships, is we don't just stumble into greatness, right? We don't stumble into a great marriage or a great body or your sales doubling in, in this quarter or this year. These are intentional choices. And we forget that sometimes because we're just so in the mode of maybe autopilot and we're in reactivity, right? One of the gifts of working for Stephen Covey's work for all those years, the seven habits of highly effective people is really learning the difference between being proactive with your life versus reactive. And often if we're not careful with our technology and how often it dings us and social media and all the ways we can be distracted, we're living reactively. Mm -hmm. So it's how do we come back to where are you going? What do you want to create? Who do you want to become or be? What outcomes do you want in your relationships, in your body, in your business? And coming back to our creator self. We're all a little mini creator. We just sometimes forget that because we're so in the, the spinning of all the plates to come back to. And sometimes I take what I call a CEO day. I take a full day off and it's just me. Get off my technology. Sometimes we'll get a massage, eat at one of my favorite little brunch spots. 
with a journal and I just check in and I read and nourish myself to come back to like, hey, am I really clear with me first before mm-hmm. I'm out trying to just keep up with all the busyness and hecticness of the world? But I would, that's what I would lead out with for sure. You know, I, I think that what you said is so powerful, uh, but yet we often forget, right? It, it is, there's something to be said about knowing what we need to do, but within 24 to 48 hours, forgetting it. That's why the reminders are so critical. Um, and individuals like yourself and a number of others serves us so well because the reminders that you continue to, to give us uh, do bring us back to what's important and put us back on track. But I want to ask you, in your opinion, what are some of the subtle but toxic habits that people live mm-hmm. with that only serve to delay their own successes? Mm-hmm. Can I share two? I absolutely. And sometimes they're really and blatant, and mm-hmm. but more often they are subtle. Like when you use that language, they're subtle toxic habits. There's a habit that we call perfectionism that often creeps in. And I mostly work with women that have a business, right? I work with women and men. I speak to all kinds of conferences. But in my coaching practice, mostly who's hiring me are women. But I see it with men and women that perfectionism is one of those sneaky little habits that unplug the juice. It unplugs the lamp, so to speak. And it's these, we regularly can get stuck waiting, right? We're going to get ready to get ready to get ready to launch the show or the podcast or publish the book or start this program or do the thing is we often are waiting to feel. And that's what we're after is a feeling. We're waiting to feel perfectly confident, perfectly put together, educated, wise, knowledgeable, you know, and again, being in sales is my background. Sales is your number one business skill, your ability to communicate, share, exchange value and influence people to take action. Well, a lot of that is we're in coaching and the world that I cross into is a lot of times why people aren't putting themselves out there, their fear of rejection or their fear. But really a lot of times that's sneaking in as perfectionism is I need to feel more confident and then I'll pick up the phone or send the email or I need this or I need that. But perfectionism love is just dressed up fear. Mm. It's fear-based behavior and it's fear. Like I love to say it's fear that it's wrapped in like a Louis Vuitton handbag. It's Mm. dressed up fear because we're like, Hey, I'm going to, make this look so good and I've got to lose the, you know, next 10 pounds before I take new headshots or I've got to do this or I've got to do that. And we're always like trying to get ready to get ready to get ready to take action into our truly next level versus moving it forward and and honoring progression versus perfectionism. That is definitely a toxic habit that is snuffing the joy out of people's lives and hindering their progress. Second one that I would say that shows up regularly and it can be towards self or others is the habit of judgment. Mm. We're always taking in information about others or ourselves, but often we storytell in the negative. And that's what judgment is, is we see and observe someone's behavior or what they did or didn't do, and then we're in judgment of it or of ourselves. And it's one of those things, I'm not talking about wise discernment, right? About people and places where you're spending your time, your energy, yourself, But if we're not careful, we're regularly playing tapes. Like I'm currently listening on Audible to this book called Soundtrack, Soundtrack by John Acuff. And a great friend group of mine that regularly is in personal growth was referring and and sharing and talking about how often we're playing the tape or the soundtrack. 
either negatively about ourselves, we're in judgment of, gosh, I just struggle, I have this issue, I have that thing, or we're in judgment of someone else. But judgment is definitely one of those things, if we're not conscious of it, it just seeps into our life regularly, and it really taints the way we see things. And the way you see things, because mindset's everything, the way you see things is how you're shaping your life. Your mindset is like the lens. You're the creator of your life. And where your mind lives, your body, your life, your bank account, everything is in deep pursuit of. And so if we're not careful to regularly cleanse the mechanism and be intentional as well here about the soundtrack, about the mindset, then it's easy that we can get ourselves stuck or regularly seeing things with a more tainted view, others or ourselves. And so none of us are perfect at these habits. It's just being conscious of them that we want to practice them more regularly is that willingness to take what I call imperfect action to progress. Secondly is to be conscious of the stories we're telling and being specifically aware of how often judgment or criticism about ourselves or others is showing up in our experience. That's fantastic. I love what you said about those two toxic habits, being a perfectionist and being judgmental. You're right. Those are toxic and they are very, very subtle. So I appreciate you, uh, Speaking about that, because it's one of those things where most people are living those two toxic, ha toxic habits, and uh, they're so subtle, they don't even realize them and how much damage that's really creating in their, in their personal life. But in our last minute here, you talk a lot about letting go, and I want to hear your thoughts about why letting go and giving up control is often the best way to get ahead, and we've got about a minute left. Yeah, so there's this Zen proverb that says, let go or be dragged. Hmm. And energetically, we are all, we live in an energetic universe and we're all energetic beings and everything's energy. And so, and again, this is a practice. It's not something I would ever claim that I've mastered, but like getting on a yoga mat regularly, I emotionally have to revisit this myself, but it's the choice to trust. And me, when I'm in trust, I have peace. When I'm not in trust, I have anxiety. And so the willingness to trust, for me, that's God, a higher power, Myself, life, universe has my back. And the willingness to practice letting go is you can have high intention, as my mentor calls this, high intention and low attachment. But let go or be dragged. And that's really the choices, right? Is I'm going to be dragged emotionally through the muck and the mire if I'm trying to always control and, and grasp and cling to things versus, yeah, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to work on healthy, good habits, show up to be a positive human on the planet in my work and in my life and relationships, but then it's at the same level as like practicing the release of having to control it all mm. and being in trust. To me, the opposite of, of control or force is in trust. So I practice that, but it is a practice, not something I've perfected. And that to me is liberating. Well, Tiffany, I appreciate you being on the show. You have given us so much gold. Uh, I mean, literally, the mantra this morning, I said 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag, and you have given us 20 <laughs> pounds that. of groceries. You've given us 20 <laughs> pounds of groceries. We love having you on the show. Can you promise that you'll be back in the future for another segment? I'd love it, my friend. I'd love it, love it. All right. Well, guys, Tiffany Peterson, you can find her on TiffanyPeterson.com. Her link is up at our site. We appreciate you being on the show, and we'll be right back after the break. 
Chef Gorgie, the engineer turned chef, has created gourmet pasta sauces to help you make restaurant quality gourmet dishes at home. Your family and friends will think that you've spent hours in the kitchen preparing that delicious meal. Made with quality ingredients and no added sugar, the award winning sauces are available at DFW area Whole Foods, Jimmy's Italian Food Store, Royal Blue, and of course, Gorgie's Restaurant, as well as on Amazon. And you can find them at gorgiegourmet.com. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com. TACLB 26616. Sarah, you're not going to believe this. Somebody had an AC emergency. An on-time expert showed up the same day. Yeah, how'd you know? Well, Randy, when you make a guarantee, you keep it. Guarantee. Guarantee. That's what I said. And we guarantee if we don't show up same day, your repair is free. TheOnTimeExperts.com Arrive same day or you don't pay. TheOnTimeExperts.com Guaranteed. Guaranteed. 570 AM KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show in studio with me now. I mentioned earlier, you cannot not have a guy who's got a company called Victory Selling on the show. (laughs) (laughs) When you've got a company called Victory Selling, the brother's got to be on the show. So in the station with me today, we've got the founder, the CEO of Victory Selling, Steve Haru, and he's with me this morning. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Doing awesome. Thanks for being good in the to see another today. East Coast guy. So uh, <laughs> we could still be friends, even though I hate the Yankees. That's fine. Hey, well, you know, at least uh, well, I'm a Yankee you fan. You could be a Mets fan too, but uh, well, you know, I've never been a, been a Mets fan. Not been a Mets fan, but a Yankee fan I am. But now I'm in Dallas, so you know, when in Rome, when yeah. in Rome. <laughs> the Rangers have a team. I mean, so, uh, hey, watch how the producers hey, right there. He's fine, a big sports fine. fan right there. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> Dallas is the Mavericks are doing good, so that's good. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens now that Dak's back, right? Yeah. We'll see what happens this year. Yeah. Um, let's dive into all the good things that you've got to offer and why you're on the show today. But before we do that, can you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, originally from Boston. Uh, again, we could still be friends. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. But uh, grew up probably from uh, second grade through high school. Didn't say a word. And mm-hmm. uh, the quietest kid you'd ever meet and uh, deathly afraid of people. And my freshman year of college ended up uh, getting a job selling Cutco knives. And uh, wow. so many former Cutco alums in the world of business. It's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. And uh, that kind of brought me out of my shell and a senior year in college ended up the number one Cutco rep in the country. Wow. And uh, stayed with them running sales teams and then uh, took a break. I burned out, played golf, and uh, went to the company with the Duck. So I'm sure you all know Aflac mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, spent 13 years with Aflac. Somehow uh, made it to number one in the country with them one year and wow. uh, just realized that, you know, I love sales. I love everything about it, but I get more passion, um, you know, and motivation out of teaching other people. So. Mm-hmm. Left Aflac, people thought it was crazy, and I said, I just uh, I want to teach and mm. coach and do all those fun things. So that's when I started Victory Selling a couple of years ago. So changing the, the game, right? Changing the whole way we that's look right. at salespeople. That's my goal. So that is what inspired you to launch Victory Selling? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. I just saw there were so many things out there that 
Uh, and there are lots of great trainers and coaches and gurus and all that stuff out there. But mm-hmm. we got to teach sales in, in the 2021 style. I mean, mm-hmm. consumers are different. Behaviors are different. We can't keep doing this, you know, always be closing crap. Um, that stuff didn't work in the 90s. It certainly doesn't work now. So. Well, well, I agree. You know, as times change, so do systems, right? Yeah. So does thought patterns oh, and operations. Man. Everything has to sort of progress with the changing times. And uh, the sales profession and the selling system, as you know, uh, they're slow to move, you know, because yeah, you we, we develop that. bad habits and we're is traditionally based. Um, but let me ask you this. So what do you find are the three greatest challenges to companies and their sales teams today? I think the first one is hiring the wrong salespeople. I mean, mm. we, we don't really know what we're doing as hiring managers. We might be a CEO, we might be a VP of sales, but we're not trained in interview skills and being able to decipher if somebody's good or bad based on their resume that's full of lies. And so salespeople are good at selling yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. And so all of you know, if you've hired people before and a completely different person showed up to work for you, uh, that's why. And so we've got to be able to hire correctly. And there's lots of ways that we teach companies how to do that. Um, the second one is is thinking that quotas are motivating. Sixty seven percent of salespeople miss quota, mm. so it ain't working. It hasn't worked <laughs> for a hundred years. It ain't working. Um, it's demotivating for most people. And then the third um, is not providing enough ongoing training, coaching, support for your sales team. I think that training is something you do. It's not something you did. Oh, mm. I went through this course. I read this book. It's like the gym. I know how a treadmill works. Well, you got to get on it right. <laughs> multiple times, not once. That's a great point. Um, so that's what I see uh, in the world right now. That's amazing. You know, by the way, you're absolutely right. Sometimes sales organizations hire people that look, talk, and smell good. <sighs> yeah. But the minute they show up, you're like, are you the same person that yep. I spoke to just yesterday? Yep. Right? They're, they're- she, she's a high D. Let's give her a bunch of money. You know, oh, he's a purple flower on this tool. You know, it's just like, what? Go next time you see a guy walking down the street who's 6'11, go up to him and go, hey, you're an NBA center, right? <laughs> like, you can't, you don't hire someone because they have a good personality. That right. doesn't mean they're going to be good in sales. This is such a misperception. Um, in the top 10% of salespeople, half are introverts, half are extroverts. Interesting. They're not all these amazingly charismatic men and women mm. that could speak to audiences of a million people. It's just not reality. Some the the are, misconception some are. is so strong, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some are but, quiet, some are not. Yeah. So what kind of damage is, is highly probable? Could you speak about this? What kind of damage is highly probable when a sales manager is given too much to do, too many duties to handle? I think um, a lot of sales managers are already overworked. They already have bandwidth issues. And I think one of the challenges is that most companies hire sales managers who were marginally adequate at sales. Mm -hmm. They go, oh, you were halfway decent. Want to run a sales team? (laughs) So they they don't even know how to coach, lead, inspire, train, you know, all Mm -hmm. the folks that are on the teams. And so that's where I think they have the most challenges. So it's not necessarily just a bandwidth thing, but they've never been trained or taught how to lead people. They were just pretty decent at sales. And mm-hmm. so in a sports context, again, it's, it's taking your, your pitcher and going, uh, Hey, Garrett Cole, um, you want to catch next game? Like, <laughs> why would I do that? I'm like a Cy Young winner. Yeah. No, but you're good at pitching. So shouldn't you be good at catching? It's like, no, so that's where I see the big problems with, and that's where we work with a lot of sales managers to help them. 
become leaders and not managers. And it's interesting. I, I said one time in one of my prior talks that not every player should be a coach. Yeah. Right? You can 100%. be a great player, but it doesn't mean you can be a great coach. It usually never happens right. that way. Right. Usually the best coaches never played. Right. We can name tons of them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be an all-star salesperson to be an all-star leader and, and vice versa. Let's talk about victory selling. Sure. How does victory selling address these issues? So we help companies in almost every aspect of their sales organization. So hiring top performers and using the tools that we have to do that, um, making sure that the salespeople are up to date on their selling competencies, their mindsets, their skill sets, Mm -hmm. uh, helping their sales managers become true leaders and getting the most out of their sales team and then providing world-class online training. And, uh, you know, our curriculum's 100-plus lessons 24-7. Wow. Um, we share a platform with Tony Robbins and Damon and John Maxwell. And so we, we have the best of the best because we, we want to be able to teach uh, salespeople how to be world-class communicators, not just world-class salespeople. You know, I, I think that's one of those things that's needed now more than ever, especially post-pandemic, which we've, we've got time. We'll dive yeah. into that. But I want to talk about your highly acclaimed book, sure. Sales is Not a Dirty Word. Yeah. And I love that. Sales is not a dirty word. Can you tell us a little bit about that book? Sure. Um, you know, my three core principles are honesty, integrity, and humility. And that's really why I've had so much success in sales and teaching sales. And most people have this perception of salespeople as slimy, rude, aggressive. Mm -hmm. We all know uh, the monikers we get tabbed with. So if we can teach people that sales is an amazing profession to be a part of, you can be proud of what you do. You don't have to sell something to everybody within three square feet of you. And uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is really undoing so many of the myths we've been taught in sales. And you've all heard, oh, she, she's so good. He's so good. She, you know, she could sell ice to an Eskimo. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I say, listen, selling ice to an Eskimo doesn't make you a good salesperson. It makes you an <laughs> um, So that's some of the stuff we talk about in the book. And we just want to really dispel all those mm-hmm. myths and let people know, like, you can be normal person, down-to-earth, friendly, and be really successful in sales. That's a great book. I know people can pick that up anywhere because it's on your site as well. Yes, sir. In our last couple of minutes, what would be the three crucial takeaways that every we have a huge audience of CEOs, business executives? You know, that's what the uh, the audience that's drawn to my show is yes, sir. predominantly. So, what would be three crucial takeaways that the every CEO and sales manager can benefit from knowing? I think number one is you don't need to take every piece of business, and we talk about this a lot. Sometimes we take on clients we know we shouldn't take on, and it always ends up bad in the end. Mm -hmm. So just because somebody's willing to buy something doesn't mean you should sell it to them. Uh, Number two is invest in your people. Uh, Invest in training, coaching, leading, guiding them. Um, Salespeople don't just magically improve on their own, and sales managers don't just magically learn how to lead by osmosis. And the third would be to focus on DPIs. I call them daily performance indicators. Mm. Everyone likes to keep performance indicator. It makes them sound smart. And what about your KPIs? Everyone wants to say that. No. Daily performance. If you focus on the tasks you're supposed to be doing every single day and your leaders are supposed to be doing with their salespeople every single day, you're going to blow through quota. Mm-hmm. Focusing on quota is what's causing us to not hit it. It's like focusing and trying to hit a home run when you go up to the plate. You, you strike out. Right. 
let's just have a good at bat. And that's what we should be doing in sales every day. And that's the way I teach. Just have a good at bat. It could be moving the runner over. It could be sack fly. It could be bunt. It could be hit. Mm -hmm. Who knows what it is. But just be productive. Well, it's been a real joy having you here, uh, Steve. I mean, you've got a tremendous wealth of knowledge. You're a proven guy. You've done it in the trenches, right? And now you're teaching others how to do it as well. So that is value-based training from a guy who's done it. So CEO of Victory Selling, Steve Haru, is in the station today. Make sure that you plug into his uh, website, right? Your website is? VictorySelling.com. VictorySelling.com. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Folks, that's a wrap for this week. Another powerful hour of Thrive Time. We did pack 10 pounds of groceries in a two-pound bag. We'll do it again next Sunday on the Jay Mamie Talk Show.